Good morning. My name is Jay Rosenthal. I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to the Cannabis Daily Show for Monday, February 28th. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people, and trends driving the cannabis industry, which is what we do here every day. We love to hear from you in the comments, and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com, as well as through all social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. A few announcements about events. March 10th, that's one week from Thursday, we will be in New York for Business of Cannabis New York Sessions. We'll be talking about connecting social equity licensees with capital. That's at the Williamsburg Hotel in Brooklyn. More information in the description below. March 30th, we'll be online again for our monthly retail series. We'll be talking about how retailers and dispensaries can prepare for the 420 holiday. And then on, in September 2022, we have moved our event from Miami to New York City and from April to September for a two-day bonanza in New York for Business of Cannabis New York. More information on that is also below in the description. For today's stories, Kiraleaf's Boris Jordan says speculation on Russian ties is misinformation. New Jersey adult use sales to kick in within weeks. Canada's cannabis review is running late. No surprise there. Canada, uh, sorry, Denmark-based StenoCare is entering the UK. For our first story, the founder and executive chairman of MSO Cureleaf Holdings, Boris Jordan, has responded to Twitter speculation that he and a key stakeholder of the company have questionable ties to Russian companies and oligarchs, and the company could be subject to sanctions. He clarified that he and Andre Block are both American citizens, this according to Benzinga. Quote, Cureleaf is an American success story founded by me. Please stop spreading misinformation. I was born in the U.S. and live and work in the U.S. Our shareholder, Andre Block, is also a U.S. citizen. Jordan tweeted, adding that Cureleaf uh, stock ticker hashtag uh, was, was mentioned in this as well. And shares of Cureleaf were trading down as of Friday close of business. Now, elaborating to Benzinga, Jordan said, quote, U.S. citizens, whether they hold other passports or not, are not subject to and cannot be subject to U.S. economic sanctions. We will continue to follow the story, but, but please see the Benzinga story for more information on that. You can link to it on our website. For our second story, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy of New says adult use sales will commence soon, and some soon-to-be licenses in medical cannabis dispensaries could be open for adult use. Quote, if I had to predict... I've said this before, but I mean this literally in this case, I think we're within weeks, he said. I would hope in March that you're going to see explicit movement on the medical dispensaries, some number of them being able to sell recreational. Now, medical dispensaries will require local approval and demonstrate they need to demand meet demand by existing medical clientele, and standalone adult use dispensaries are still to come, obviously, just in time, because March 10th, we'll be landing the Business of Cannabis team in Newark for our Business of Cannabis New York sessions on March 10th. So we hope it really is within weeks and we will let you know and be following the story closely. For our third story, a mandatory review of Canada's Cannabis Act, which was supposed to have begun on the third anniversary of legalization in October, has not yet started according to MJ Biz Daily. Industry stakeholders are hoping to see a few issues addressed like marketing restrictions and potency limits on edibles and high regulatory fees and excise taxes Coming down, according to a Health Canada spokesperson, preparations are underway for the launch of the legislative review. We will not be holding our breath until that happens. For our final story, StenoCare, a Denmark-based supplier of prescription medical cannabis, is entering the UK market with three products from its Canadian partner, Agmedica Bioscience. 
By adding the UK, including England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland, the list of markets which StenoCare branded products are, are, are or soon will be available has grown to six. This according to the CEO of StenoCare. Those are the stories we're watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern with our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. Today, we don't have a BFC Live, but we are launching a new content series called the Expert Series. Our first installment is the Retail Expert Series featuring Krista Raymer, the CEO of Vitrina Group, a leading cannabis retail consultancy. In this segment, which will follow here, but also be on our YouTube channel, Raymer shares her thoughts about why thinking about your cannabis store floor plan is absolutely essential, how to measure if your cannabis store floor plan is working, and some tips and tricks for current and would-be cannabis store owners as they enter their cannabis retail and dispensary live. So please check out that uh, segment that's coming up right now. You can also visit our YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Krista, the founder of Vitrina Group, and we work with cannabis retailers and licensed producers to take data, turn it into insights, and insights into action points. Today, we're going to talk about some of the key areas of retail with the business of cannabis and how we can make these environments better. So today, we're going to talk about floor plans, why they're important and how they impact your business how we measure whether we need to make a change, and some tips and tricks for when you are planning your environment. First, a floor plan is really a map of where everything is going to go in store. This includes lighting, fixtures, and maybe even electrical outlets. It's really important to think about all of the details prior to committing to organizing the store so that we can get all of the pieces of the retail environment in the right place for the right time. Why this is important is because the floor plan is going to directly connect with your customer and guide the customer through the store, which ultimately influences what products they see, when they see them in their journey in the store, and what opportunities our bud tenders have to interact with our customers. So second, we're gonna think about how we measure floor plans and what impact they actually have on the business. A floor plan is going to create discovery with our customers. And if we're doing a really great job with discovery, then we should also be able to influence what KPIs or key performance indicators are going to show up in our numbers. The floor plan is gonna directly impact the quality of sale. So that means our average per customer and our units per transaction are really great ways to measure if we have the right product in the right place in the right time in our cannabis retail store. If we see a change in our average per customer or our units per customer, we might want to make an adjustment as to the way that our customer travels through the store. This could include moving fixtures or repositioning cash desks to ensure that we are getting our customer all the way through the environment. Another area that we can check in the store to see if we're doing a really great job with the floor plan or layout is checking if our customers are using the whole store. An often KPI that we see used to measure the success of a retail environment is sales per square foot. And so our floor plan is going to directly impact where those sales are happening. Okay, so let's talk about some tips and tricks when we think about floor plans for cannabis retail stores. First one is that we should always be including a decompression zone. A decompression zone is that fancy space right after the entrance that allows our customer to really take in the entire environment. 
they're about to go on a journey. And so we need them to acclimatize and see the entire store from that, that viewpoint. One of the areas that you could think about this is in a grocery store, right after you enter those first double doors, you can see the entire store. We wanna do the same thing. The second tip is that customers in North America or people who generally drive on the right side of the road tend to always go right. This means that if we position fixtures, for example, on the left-hand side early in the customer journey, they tend not to get seen. So we wanna focus on where our fixtures are going to go and anticipate that our customers are always gonna go right. One of the ways that we might wanna measure this is when we think about our average sale per square foot. This would be an indicator of how well we are driving revenue throughout the entire environment. And if we're paying rent, we wanna be driving revenue throughout the entire environment. And finally, we wanna make a consideration about if we're creating an environment that creates a highway to the cash desk. This essentially is a straight line that our customer can go from the front door all the way to the cash desk without interacting with anything in the retail environment. This is detrimental to the average per customer because we haven't created an opportunity for the customer to explore what other products we have in the store. And so what we wanna be able to do is break up those lines with fixtures or other aspects within our retail environment to guide our customer through the store before they get to the cash. Thanks for joining us today. If you have more questions or wanna know how to drive a profitable retail environment in cannabis, you can reach out to me directly at Vitrina Group. We have more awesome content just like this that will be on businessofcannabis.com. That was episode 36 of our Cannabis Daily Show. Thank you for joining us on YouTube or wherever you caught the program. And please do subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss anything. And we will see you tomorrow, which will be the first day of March, mercifully, because we are in Toronto and winter is still, well, bitter cold. Have a good day, everybody. 